Hello and welcome to the Hit Shuffle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And I am your host, Dave. Welcome to episode 14. Episode 14. Two sevens. A ten and a four. A twelve and a two. <laughs> what have you been listening to lately? <laughs> <laughs> Coincidentally enough, a good amount of math rock. Oh, well that worked. <laughs> and some old school hip hop. Nice. Uh, combination. Old school hip hop wise. I'm going to mention uh, two songs, actually, and they're both from Tony Hawk soundtracks. We got uh, Del the Funky Homo Sapien. going to say, <laughs> let me guess, one of them's got to be Del. With If You Must from absolutely. Uh, the Tony Hawk 3 soundtrack, which is just absolutely a banging song. So good. And he's rapping about telling unhygienic people to be hygienic. To wash their ass. Yeah. If they must. You gotta wash your ass. If you must, you gotta wash your hair. If you must, you gotta wash your teeth. If you must, or else you'll be funky. You gotta wash your ass. If you must, you gotta wash your And NWA, Express Yourself. Which oh, I think was Tony Hawk 4. I don't remember. I, I don't remember being in four, the I don't know, yeah. But, I mean, it's a good song. Weirdly enough, it got in my head because there's like, some sort of commercial it's for like a washing machine or something i don't know some kind of weird thing innocuous thing like that and it uses like a poppy major key piano and girl singing version of express yourself no which is really horrifying but yes that's then I had to go listen to the real version to cleanse Naturally. myself of yes. it. I'm expressing with my full capabilities, and now I'm living in correctional facilities. Cause some don't agree with how I do this. I get straight and meditate like a Buddhist. I'm dropping flavor, my behavior is hereditary. But my technique is very necessary. Blame it on Ice Cube, because he said it gets funky when you got And then, as far as the math rock, uh, I was gonna talk about there's a song called Eight Films by a Japanese band, Uchu Kanbini. And it's just the guitar and bass riff is just absolutely sick. Japanese bands know how to make some math rock. Yeah, they really absolutely. do. Like This, it, this really is good. one of my all-time favorite math rock riffs. Oh, it's, shit. Okay. It's just like everything that's great about math rock. So, uh, what about you? What have you been listening to? Well, sticking in the math rock ish vein of things, the first song I really had stuck on was by a band called Panzer Ballet. Oh, nice. Some German jazz funk metal. Everybody needs a little German jazz funk metal. Uh, and their song is their funk. Uh, it's the one that has the really awesome, like, bass and drum, like, pretty much half of the song. It's just the drum and bass, and then the drum and bass going back and forth with each other. Yeah, it's almost like a, like a jam you'd get out of like a live show. Yeah, but there's specifically, and I've said this to you and told you about this before, one part in the song, and it's simply just a hi-hat fill into a second part. Oh, yes, That yes. I could just listen to on repeat and be absolutely fine with it. Uh, it's, just, it's an amazing It's just that fill. roll and yeah. like this weird pause ring out, and then it just goes into the next part. It's just, oh, it's so good. It's one of those weird fills that's just 
like incredibly satisfying for yes. some for some it doesn't even really make sense but it's just like every time you hear it you're just like oh yes it's like this ring out hi-hat into like this just real big crack of a snare hit oh it's so good and the other thing i've been listening to it's a little bit different because i haven't listened to it in a while is by an artist called kickball Ooh. The song Pocket Knife. Oh, man. When's the last time you listened to Pocket Knife? Probably when we were teenagers driving around before or after band practice. That's fair, yeah, because uh, that's, that's been around for a while. Off there, Everything is a Miracle, Nothing is a Miracle, Everything is album. Now, like usual, you'll be able to find... Well, I think you'll be able to find everything but the Kickball song. I don't think that's on Spotify. I doubt it. But I'll put a link in the show notes for it to the Hit Shuffle Podcast playlist where you can find everything we talk about today. All right, we're back. And Dave, you are going first this week, so go ahead and give it a roll, and let's see what you get. All right, let's see if I can hit the uh, dice tray this time. Yeah, No, hit the inside of the dice tray this time. Six. That's, that's a sixer. Ooh, another. I'm. I'm on. I went like a streak of high rolls. Now I'm a streak of low rolls. Yeah. If I get another eighteen, I would be very upset. Ooh, the world by Punchline. Punchline, the boys. Also, I just want to say every single song I went past was a banger. That's true. Yeah, everything I saw it, on was, there looked really good. That was a streak of six really good songs. I don't think I've ever seen that shuffling no. before. All right, and again, that was The World by Punchline off their 2004 album, Action. It's a classic song off a classic album. Absolutely. I, this is probably one of my pop-punk Mount Rushmore albums. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. And also, this was the first real show that I went to outside of like going to concerts with my parents was Punchline touring for Action. And funnily enough, one of the first concerts I went to, Punchline opened on right before this album yeah, came which out. Was Probably right when they finished, after they finished recording this album. Yeah. So yes, both of our early musical experiences were around this era of Punchline. Yes, yeah, so centered around this area of Punchline. And I mean, you can really see why. Like you said, it's just, I mean, I think every song on this album is a classic. Oh, it's, it's a front to back album. Front to back. There's no songs that I skip and the, the album flows to every song transitions brilliantly into the next one Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize just how long punchline had been around for neither did i i was a little shocked so they formed in 97 in pittsburgh who if you know punchline you know they're from pittsburgh oh yeah they're not shy about no not at all uh and then they went through they were they were still playing uh what was like a ska punk pop punk ish sound yes their their very early stuff had a little bit of uh, ska to it i don't think they had horns but like uh musically kind of like your upstroke so like, uh, offbeat yeah, accent exactly. kind of thing 
And then they released Rewind in 2001, which is when they kind of made that switch over to the sound we know now. Yeah, yeah. Rewind was like them honing this sound, which uh, I also didn't know that they had released two full-length albums self-released before Rewind. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, I knew about one. Uh, I don't think I knew about the other one. And Rewind was actually originally self-released. I didn't know that either. Yes. uh, It was remixed mastered and reissued after they signed to drive through before action came out damn now when you when you saw them who was uh who who was touring with them or who would they play with okay the lineup that i saw uh there were two local bands that opened element five and bombs away and uh then shout out to the delaware heads (laughs) yeah uh if you were around this scene at that time you definitely know know those those guys And the actual tour, like the national tour, uh, was Hidden in Plain View, Alistair, Punchline, and Start Trouble. That is, that's an amazing lineup. Which is an insane lineup, just absolutely an early 2000s lineup. And oddly enough, I didn't see it at where you'd think you'd see, you know, a little uh, pop punk show like this in the early 2000s. It was actually at the historic theater. Yes. (laughs) Here by us and i've but it's not like a theater like you'd have in a big city no it's it's like a small town playhouse kind of deal from like i think the early 1900s or something i think it's earlier than that and it was it was just a very weird experience to be in like this big like fancy old-fashioned theater and then have just like some straight-up pop punk yeah that was before they redid it so it was like all the old yeah yeah it was it was quite a show, and I have to say that looking back, I definitely think that that being my first real like show I went to on my own or whatever, I can see where that heavily formed uh, both my music taste that I like to listen to and my music playing. Right. And uh, I believe that there was quite a lineup when, when you saw them at I did. your show, too. I saw them about a year before. Uh, it was my first major concert, and it was actually... It was less than Jake. Ooh, I mean, Fallout Boy. This early, is this is what, prior. Take this to your grave. This is before that album even came out. Yeah, this was what um, two thousand three. I can't think of the album before that. It was their EP or whatever. I don't remember what it was, but I remember getting a Fueled by Ramen uh, like compilation demo disc that was being handed out, and it had songs from Take This to Your Grave on it. And then Punchline and Tommy Two-Tone of Jenny fame. Which, I mean, there there's a little bit of a connection there because Les That's Jake, Jake covered yeah. it. But just like the idea of a ska band with some pop punk bands opening for them and then Tommy, Tommy Two-Tone, Two-Tone, like the actual Tommy Two-Tone. Mm-hmm. Th- that kind of stuff used to happen back then. That was, yeah, that was... The good old days. So when I did see them, they were playing songs off of this album. Because I distinctly remember Heart Transplant. Although the album was still yet to come out. Right, right? the release hadn't happened yet, but they were definitely... The album was more than likely done. Yeah, and I mean, Heart Transplant is not a song you easily forget. No, because I very distinctly remember hearing that for the first time. This lineup of Punchline for this album... Uh, only lasted until shortly after this album came out, actually. 
the guitarist Paul, who had joined uh, before they did the Rewind EP, so he was obviously important in making this sound, uh, left in the middle of a tour shortly uh, after Action came out. In the middle of a tour? Yeah. Obviously had to be some kind of... Some kind of emergency. Personal differences yeah. or personal emergency something. Not important. Nope. Uh, so they did get a friend to replace him who then joined the band permanently for a number of years. Mm-hmm. But I did not actually realize that he had left the band right after Action came out, but I have always felt that there was a distinct shift in the sound between Action and 37 everywhere. Oh, yeah, there absolutely Obviously, was. that's, you know, the switching guitars. And it's not bad. I mean, I love 37 everywhere, but Action, just the guitars, there's, I can't think of another album that has guitar like it. No, not at all. I mean, and it's, it's that combination of those two playing guitar and writing that, that really kind of set it apart because I feel like it's not heavier... Yeah, I was I was struggling to to come up with exactly how to describe it. I know it's like kind of elevated version of what the pop punk sound was at the time, yeah. like a more intricate. Yep. Yeah, you can see it kind of as a as a a precursor to where pop punk went. Yeah, much later with the hardcore years, influence yeah, years and, and the years getting later, but... more technical. But at this time, most of the pop punk was very straight up. Oh yeah. You know. Power, your boys, your power chords, yeah. octave chords, maybe a little guitar solo here lead, and there. Yeah. But punchline really I, just totally different. There's so many things that are going on throughout every song. There's nothing simple, but it never sounds busy. No, and they, and, I mean, if that's going to bring us into the music of the actual song itself, uh, one thing I think that they've always done very well is their harmonies, their vocal harmonies. Oh, absolutely. They're not your normal harmony in the productions-wise, and mixing-wise. Because normally you'll have a harmony, it'll sit kind of just slightly off to the side, where Punchline was like, I'm going to throw a harmony on the farthest left on the, I can pan this thing, and then I'm going to throw another one all the way on the right-hand side, and then I'm going to harmonize with it in the center, and you're just going to get blasted by this wall of harmonies. And that's... I, I have a uh, thing in my notes about basically that but it's kind of for everything yeah yeah like the the album is is engineered just absolutely amazingly oh so good. and considering that it was like an indie pop punk label in the early 2000s it sounds so good mm -hmm. still yeah it's very it's a very powerful mix but uh w one of the techniques i think in both the writing and the engineering of it is they they use panning a lot and they yes. use it really well to help layer all of the different parts. So it, it, I think that's what helps it be complex without sounding too busy. There's so many, you know, there's a guitar part, but it's just way off in the right channel. Yeah. Kind of like with the vocals. Yep. Or, or, you know, there's just a little lead fill that comes in in, in the left. Or there's a part where there's vocals on one side and guitar on the other side. And it not a lot of bands, at least in this style of music, were doing anything like that no, at the it, time. And it's balanced very well. So if they have, you know, a high vocal harmony on the left side, they're going to hit you with a, a lower guitar part on the right side. So it kind of evens itself out. And then they're going to have Steve singing straight down the middle with the drums kind of filling in that middle section as well. So Yeah, it, it's mainly the vocal lead and backing vocals and the lead and rhythm guitar. But they're surrounding you yeah. there, there's no song where the vocals and guitars are all just like center channel or center 
or center channel and you know the guitars are hard pan to each side or something yeah like you'll get with with like a lot of the stuff now where it's like you have one guitar part hard pan left one guitar part hard pan right and then they're just mixed off of that but now they're they're just kind of circling all around you i mean it's it's just like an absolutely perfect example of an engineer and a band who meshed very well together and all were very good at what they do this album sounds like they had a really good time in the studio. Yeah. I think it really comes through. And, I mean, it, while it is not their first full-length album, it you'd never believe that it was their first non-self-released album. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this was the first time that they had uh, any kind of label backing, and I can imagine that their self-released stuff was not, you know, heavily funded. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they did tour a lot. A lot. Yeah. I mean, like this, both the way the album sounds and the quality of the writing and the music is just so much better than most everything else that was going on in the scene at the time. And it's definitely, I'm sure if you asked a lot of pop punk artists, say from 2005 onwards, a lot of them would probably have Punchline as uh, an influence. Yeah. And I don't think Punchline ever really got, I guess, the widespread or mainstream notoriety that i feel they deserve oh yeah unfortunately yeah you know you have your like uh taking back sunday brand new fallout boy it was all the same kind of music around the same time but those bands all kind of ended up on tv and now like everybody yeah would recognize those band names and i feel like punchlines you know there's a lot of people you could say punchline they'd be like who yeah who the hell's punchline no you Punchline is the band that all of your favorite bands listened to. Yeah, and it's it's really sad because Punchline to me was as big and as important in that scene as the other bands. They were on regular rotation yeah, for us. And they they don't get, you know, the recognition. I don't think I've ever gone through any extended period where I didn't listen to Punchline. Like I always have Punchline songs popping in my oh, head. Oh yeah. And I'll I'll go on record right now as I love to do top 5 pop punk band all time. Punchline all time absolutely no and i'm question. not talking about fourth or fifth probably yeah I, that that would be a hard list i don't know that might have to be something we'll, we could do someday yeah but punchline punch punch in is, there yes absolutely just the quality of music the consistency of the quality of the music and just at least personally for me like i said they're hugely influential in both like what I like in music and what I want in music if I'm writing it. Yeah. They also just seem like good fucking dudes. <laughs> like just in any time I've interacted with or seen them or seen them interact online or post stuff on the band's pages. Yeah, that's just true. Super chill. I have never I've never seen anybody have anything bad to say about them. They love interacting with their fans. They love hanging out and talking to people after shows. Playing hacky sack. That's true. Yes. Uh, I also got three quarters of the band to sign action at that first concert that I went to. It's very awesome. Yes. Although I'm, I don't know where the album is at the moment, so I'm not sure which guy I did not get to sign it, but that's sad. Something I've always regretted. <laughs> I, I couldn't find one of the guys in the band. Biggest regret in life. If we want to get into breaking down the song specifically a little bit, Right from the beginning, it just grabs you. It gets just, your, it, gets it your ear, happens. gets yeah. your attention. Like it is a little bit weird 
hearing the beginning of the song without the end of Not Afraid, the track yes, before it yeah. going, because every song is kind of like, I don't know if they wrote the songs that way or kind of just wrote little end and beginning parts, but every song kind of transitions into the next one. Yes. In some kind so. of rhythmic or melodic way. Uh, but you come in and you've got this kind of very, I guess, like rhythmic staccato type beat that the, the drums and bass and the rhythm are doing, but then a very kind of smooth looping lead part on the guitar. Yeah. So it's just immediately like, look, here's two very different things we're doing together. That's quite interesting. So you're going to want to stick around for the rest of the song. Yeah, and you, you do. One thing I really like is that the, when it kind of, when it goes into that first verse, it picks up like the, the song picks up a little bit. But the melody, the vocal melody is still a slow melody. Yeah. It's like the music is, is upbeat, but the melody is still a slower melody, which just flows so good. There's very nice interplay there. Yeah. And then, yeah, lyrically, I mean, it's a early, it's still an early 2000 pop punk song. Let's not get it twisted. It's very seemingly relationship heavy. Yeah. Now, I, uh, I was watching a couple live videos doing the research actually for a different part that we'll talk about in a little bit but in one of the live videos uh steve did do a little uh banter intro to the song and he said as not super hard to glean from the lyrics it's kind of about trying to deal with somebody who always has to be right yeah and just how frustrating that is where it's like you know no matter what i do no matter what the actual situation is you've got to be right yeah. so but the the lyrics. I mean, it's 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 in the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's uh. Now, while they are like you said, like the pop punk lyrics, I feel like with every other aspect of punchline, it's done a lot better than pretty much yeah, everybody it's, else. It's more it's a pop punk theme, but not necessarily pop punk lyrics because they're written. There, there's more. They're more fluent. Yeah, there's more. I guess uh, you know, metaphor, symbolism, more like poetry to it. It's there's a not, little bit. There's a little more ass in it. You know. Yeah, I mean? there, there's. I mean, not that the other kind of lyrics are bad because I love all those oh, yeah. songs. But you know, your straight up pop punk is pretty much just like, we dated, you broke my heart, now I'm really sad, and I'm never gonna get over it. Yeah. This is there. There's some. There's more to it. He he's talking about it in not just explicitly stating what happened and what his feelings are away. Right. He's using poetry and imagery and stuff. They're still talking about relationships, but they're talking about a specific part of a specific thing, but then breaking that down even further in the lyrics. So it's, it's more detailed and kind of gives you more of a, an idea of what was going on other than, oh, you're mean, or oh, you broke my heart, or oh, we got in a fight. Yeah. It's like, no, this is what was happening. This is how it made me feel. This is how I perceived it. This is what was, you know, this is what this was. Congratulations. I guess you're always right. There you go. And uh, this, you get right in from when the vocals start in the first verse part to seeing what you were talking about with how the vocals are kind of thrown all around. Yeah. And along with that, they also break up just the whole like vocal in general it's not like steve 
singing a lead vocal throughout the whole song straight through. There's a lot of parts where he'll drop out and the backing vocals will sing a line or two in here and there, or like the lines broken up between multiple vocalists. Yeah, it's, or even you'll have you'll have the, the primary vocal with Steve, but then it'll actually drop down or drop in volume to match the harmony. And it'll be like the harmony itself is in the background, but he's a part of it. And then it'll kind of come back forwards again as a main vocal line. Yeah, the the vocals are kind of constantly shifting a yeah. little bit they're, which like they're three-dimensional really I yeah mean, if, when you really listen to it it's it's much more i guess mentally stimulating or interesting yeah. than just like the the lead vocalist continually singing straight through and you know backing vocals is normally just harmony and they're singing what the vocal lead is singing at the same time or kind of slightly mm -hmm. after but with punchline like this the backing vocalists a lot of times will be singing the main lyrical part yeah at least for a line or two of a section and steve will drop out or switch to a backing vocal part or him doing a harmony off something and it's it's just never boring no and then like with as we go through the song coming out of that like the slow melody they bring in this like nice little halftime section that goes into the chorus, into the first chorus. We were but the chorus isn't what I would really consider a standard chorus. You know, it's not you're just strumming big open, you know, there's palm muting in a chorus. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's... Musically, the chorus is almost more of like what you typically use for like a pre-chorus or yeah. a build-up part. Because the with the palm muting and the drums too, it's a very kind of, it's not a big open sound like you typically go for in the chorus. It's more like a, you know, yeah, I'm drumming on the table. You're drumming like on the table. Gonna yeah, that's, fucking... <laughs> that's going to that's gonna play well. <sighs> but no, it's uh, it's... But no, it has like the palm muting and then it goes into a bigger open part with, you know, straight strumming. And then it cuts out again and goes into that really long, like just saying this, but it's this long melody that's kind of going up and down and it's its own almost becomes part. Almost becomes an instrument rather yeah. than a vocal. It's like it's it's that part is the beginning of that next verse. Like that is his actual... Yeah, just a instrument for that next verse. Smooth transition, yeah. which the song and the album, like I said, is just, every transition is. There's nothing that's awkward. Yeah, there's no part between sections or between songs that doesn't flow. Yeah, because they go from that that whole held out this and he's up and down and it sounds amazing. Then they go into that next verse, which is even more mellow. You know, it cuts back even more. Yeah, now that that's one of the sections I specifically had put out in my notes is that second verse section where you come in and it's just drums and bass yeah but it's a very like driving rhythm it's not your normal 
a lot of time when you have like just a drum and bass section, it's more of like an interlude or something. Yeah. Like it's it's a slow beat and the bass is just kind of strumming or like holding notes out. But this is basically like a verse just with no guitars. Yeah. And then the vocals, they switch. And I believe this is Paul that does this vocal part um, from my watching the videos. I could be completely wrong about whoever's singing in any of these parts. For me, at least, it's a little hard to pick out whose voice is who in they the have, background. Yeah, very similar voices. Uh, but it has the vocals have more energy to it than like the first verse does, which is a nice counterbalance to the dropping the guitars out and only having the rhythm section. Yeah. And then it goes into that that cool little stereo ping pong guitar. I have it written down. That's one of the it kicks one, yeah, back and forth, the, one of the left and right. The best little panning yeah. things that they do is, is it, you really kind of make if you're kinda, in headphones anyway, you yeah. really want to tilt your head back and forth with it because it's a. But it's not like a ping pong delay. I mean, it's no. actually like the two guitar parts. Yeah, yeah, are being panned, but not just like your straight up hard panning. It. I don't know. It's fun. It's just kind of flows <laughs> yeah. back and forth. Yeah. It's a really nice moment. You have, after that, kind of your... I get, well, You kind of do the chorus again, but they, all, they barely do it, really. Yeah, because then it goes into that little... It's not a solo, but like the lead line kind yeah. of comes back in. And they kind of, the second chorus is like, they do it one time through, but they're already transitioning by the end of that chorus part where they repeat the lyrics. Yeah. And you're getting into, I don't even know. So in, there's interlude a, section. What yeah. The, this is where it kind of all changes over because it goes into a, a, I guess what I would consider a two step drum part. Uh, where it's, you know, doing like the big, the kind of faster beat. And then it does that big, like halftime drop. Yeah. Where it drops down. And that, that just sounds, I love when, uh, when bands do that. Cause it just sounds so good. It's just the the song keeps shifting dynamically in very good ways, and you have so many different parts throughout yeah. this. You know, you have like the beginning and the first verse part, then you have the chorus part that's different, but then the second verse is just completely different mm -hmm. from the first verse, and then, but this, then they still, they, this <laughs> section is is a totally different vibe from any of the sections before yeah. it. They make you comfortable on the second chorus, but then they change it. Yeah, yeah. Right when you think you're back to the chorus, they don't. They only yeah. do run through one bar and then they transition. So but it's it, not jarring. Yeah, it's all done so smoothly. It's just it just maintains your interest at a high level. Yeah. Instead of like a formulaic songs, you kind of. Like, you know what's coming. You feel the build up to the chorus. You already know what the chorus is going to be. You know that there's not going to be any variation to it. With this, you don't know what's coming until you've listened to the song numerous times. Yeah. And yeah, the first listen through, you're not going to know what's going to happen next uh, in a good way. Yeah. And another, another thing that takes uh, repeated listens is there's so many little parts and touches and details and it, like garnish almost. <laughs> 
I don't know how else to describe it. It's just, you know what I mean, though? There's, uh, no, there's I understand like, there's what you're like saying. parts where there's just like a one or two second, like little lead yeah. line or vocal, and they're just really, really deep in the mix. Mm-hmm. I mean, listening to this on headphones repeatedly for the podcast, I noticed parts that I've never noticed, and I've genuinely listened to this song yeah. hundreds and hundreds of times since, since it, it was came out. out. Yeah. So that's incredible that you can have a song, an album that I know so well and I've listened to so many times on headphones, cars, stereos, everything. I'm like, hey, wow, there's like a really, really low vocal part that you couldn't even pick out unless you're listening to it really close on headphones. But I bet you if it wasn't there, it would sound different. Oh, yeah, you would... You would notice something lacking if it, if it wasn't there. But it's just like little touches like that that so many bands and stuff don't have. Yeah. It's just, it just adds a lot when there's just teeny little things that you barely notice there, at least for me. Oh, I agree. And then we get into... The part. The, the, the part. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> where it is just the... It's the chorus lyrics, but then you have the... The note. Yeah, Steve repeats the chorus, but the music's entirely different. It's like, I don't, like I said, I don't know, interlude part, transition, I don't know what you would call it, bridge, something. And Well, it's, 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 we're not sure exactly who does the note. I did reach out to Christophalius to see if he remembers or even knows. Uh, if I do get that information, I will edit it in, and you will hear future Matt uh, talk about whether or not he... F- found out what's going on hey gang matt from the future here i did reach out to christophalius and he did get back to me uh he said that the vocal part was actually done by paul so there we go now we have an answer back to past us now this was what i was watching the live videos for uh in the research trying to figure out who did this note i did discover that uh, in 2004, at least, uh, Chris Fafalios was doing it live. Of course, if Steve had done it in the studio, he can't do it live because he he's singing another else, part yeah. there. Uh, I but, mean, hey, maybe he can. Oddly enough, uh, by 2005, the year after, I found in multiple videos, the band had the crowd sing this vocal part. I don't blame them. Which... I would imagine that after a year of touring, you would not want to have to belt that note out night after no. night. I mean, it's not after jumping like around and because they're they're they have a great stage presence. Yeah, it's it, it's an intense note to listen to, and yeah. like it, every time you think it's going to end, it continue it, it continues throughout this entire musical section, and then significantly into, into the, the next. next musical section in the background. Well, while we were listening to it, I timed it. Nice. It is just about 19 and a half seconds. Congratulations, I guess you're always right. Well, I'm sorry that I ever tried. What happened to the world we knew? We were so much better than this. So much better than this. That is a long ass note just shy of 20 seconds Which, it doesn't sound like a lot but like hold your hold like hold your breath and count to 20 or exhale and count to 20 like full count like not full a quick count, count. yeah you know, like, use, use a timer or something and try to do it's that. a hell of a lot longer than you think it is 
or ju- even just like inhaling and then start a timer and just try to continuously exhale at a hard and steady rate yeah for 20 seconds yeah. with, with power n- with no deviation no little hiccups or anything like that it's it, the only thing i can think of off the top of my head that might possibly be a little bit longer is chester and in, in the end from lincoln oh Park. yeah there's that note yes. that at, I think I timed it when I was younger, and it's like 22 seconds yeah. or something. But, I mean, Chester Bennington. Like, if you're second to Chester it's, Bennington, that's not a bad place to be. Yeah, that's not a bad place to be at all. Now, so, and I, li- I do like though at the very end of the note, which I never really picked up until we really listened to it in headphones, was you can hear like the struggle at the very yeah, end. Yeah, that's like, what I was like you can you can hear Chris or Steve or whoever it is kind of like die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you know that there was no editing or funny business there, that that was a just an actual fully held out genuine note because yeah. it sounded like he his voice gave out and he fell over when he was done. Right. I, in my head, I kind of wanted it to, I, I wanted it to be that they were all in the studio and they're like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're all going to go into the vocal booth one at a time. Whoever can hold the note the longest is what we're going to put in. And the max they got was 19 seconds. I mean, and they just cut it where it got cut. I feel like that is a very plausible theory, yes. especially for that kind of band at that point in time. Like, all right, guys, we're on a long note here. Yep. So everybody's going to go in and do their best take on it and just go as hard as you yep. can. Best one gets it. And whoever it ended up being definitely went hard. Yeah, that's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, that's in the old bands and stuff when we were listening to it and riding around. We would all try to do it. And we'd even try to go past it. Yeah. Which you just... <laughs> I can say there is one point where I could go a little bit longer if I really tried and like got my breathing right before I did it. But it's really fucking hard. I mean, I was never anywhere close. But right. as, as the guy in the band who didn't actually have any singing ability or you know experience or anything... But I still know how impressive it is. Oh, yeah. Because when you try to do it and you just your breath is gone and you like, you can't make a noise. You're just holding the note and then it's not there. You're like six or seven seconds and you thought you've done it for two minutes and you're like, no, I'm not even fucking halfway there yet. Yeah. It's just, I love it. It's so good. And like, it's the fact that it goes, it goes out through the whole rest of that section. And typically it would either end there or kind of trail off as the next part started. Right. But, I mean, it goes, like, several measures into the, I guess that's the ending chorus yeah. or section or whatever. Like, several measures, multiple seconds. You, It kind of drops down and the guitars really kind of come over it and drown it out. But when you're listening with headphones, it, it goes on it's way there, longer yeah. than you think it does still. With- and then it goes into more harmonies. Like, there's more harmonies that happen after that, which is just, it's... It's insane. Oh, also, I really like how with that note, there is the panned guitar to one side and the vocal part panned to the other side. Yeah, that's a, another really good panning yeah. moment. So they're kind of like, you can separate them and pay attention to them separately. And that the whole section leading up to that large note where there's, I think, a Paul vocal and then a Steve vocal... I hadn't actually noticed how fully it was panned until we were listening to it, and I had one of my headphones popped off because we were talking, and 
all of a sudden the part was acapella. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, this doesn't sound right. Yeah. Oh, the vocal's all in the right and the guitar's all, all on the left, left. and yeah. I was only hearing the vocal. I'm like, this is really weird. But it still worked. I mean, they really could cool. have acapella sections if they wanted. That's the level of vocal melody and harmony yes. that these guys are working with, you know. Uh, not not quite to the level, but we were we were talking about boys to men while we were setting up. <laughs> yes, we were. And it's it, they're they're like the pop punk boys to men. <laughs> I can't think. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? No, <laughs> they are. Punchline is the pop punk boys to men. You heard it here first, folks. I cannot think of another pop punk band that does so well with so no, much vocal melody and yeah. so many harmonies and everything. And they're both from Pennsylvania. So, I mean, we're seeing a connection here. There's could, something going on in the Keystone State. Could we possibly one day have a collaboration between Punchline and Boys to Men? I would help front the studio costs to make that happen. One day. Well, I mean... If Chris Fafalios answers you, we can always, you know, we can make it. We float can, this idea. Float that idea to him. There it's is just... a nice little touch, kind of, I guess, after the song. The, the music kind of ends, and then there's a little, I don't know if it's just a synth or a sound effect, like a little beep, like a doot, yeah, yes. doot, doot. But that is hitting a note that's one of the first notes in Heart Transplant. Oh shit! Because it, is, yeah. it goes do do do, and then you immediately, if you're listening through, get that opening mm-hmm. clean riff of heart transplant. But that little teeny sound effect sets up the next song, and I feel like damn, that's another even, yeah, I that's another that. one of those things that I think is not super noticeable. But I bet if it wasn't there, that transition would would not be as smooth. Yeah. Just that teeny little note, just just to get that kind of like key or note in your ear. Like, hey, this is where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you don't think about it because it's just a little like electronic beep as the song fades out. But again, little touches that end up having a big impact on the song. Yeah. Wow. Hell of a song. Again, we are getting quite a roll with songs that we really have a lot to talk about, a lot of history with the band. So this was... The world. Uh, I'm not Ooh. done yet. Well, you asked me. I don't know. I was making. I was because I. I had one last thing okay. to talk about. Okay. Okay. Because well. if we're going to end this section, we're going to end it mellow. And that plays into a story that I have about Punchline when I saw them play University of Delaware. I know it sounds weird, but hear oh, me out. No, I remember that show actually. I didn't. I didn't go to. I think I had to work or something. Yeah. Yeah. But they were. They were playing. It was a great show. Small. You know, and only a handful of people were really there, which I mean isn't great. I'd rather them have more people, but the very end, I don't really wish I could remember the last song that they played, but it was one of their more mellow tracks, and it just kind of they just kind of played it out, and they kind of added a little bit to the end to kind of slow it down, and then it just ended, and the show was over, and everyone kind of looked around like, what? And Steve said. <laughs> We wanted to end it on a mellow note because why would we leave you on a super upbeat song when you want more music, when there's no more music to be had? It's like we wanted to leave you on a, like a nice mellow. That is like, an amazing point. Like you're just kind of like, all right, it's done. Let's go home and relax. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah which makes a lot more I, sense. And the, like I bet psychologically 
there really is something to no, that. No, it worked. <laughs> like, like it, it was. Yeah. I, I, to this day, still think about that. And almost everything that I, I've done musically is like, well, if it's at the very end, it should be. Yeah, it's like a big epic closer, like, or like you come out and do like your big hit for the yeah. encore, which big hits are generally not slower, no. calmer songs, and you know, for most music. But yeah, I mean, that's just the thing. You go to a lot of shows like that, and the last song is going to be like a, you know, jumping, bouncing up and down, and then that's it. Yeah. And you're kind of <laughs> like, all right, well, what do no I, more jumping. What do I do now? Yeah. Like, I have all this energy, and I want more. But they were just like, no, it's because you just they got done and like you just had this it was almost like this not a rush but like a, a, a like a flush went over you it was kind of just like the chills went down and you're like oh this is done like this is yeah, it's, it's 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 i'm relaxed the show is over I'm like cool okay like, yeah, uh, like cool. everything was good like like i'm gonna i'm gonna go home watch a little bit of tv and yeah, go we're to sleep gonna, we're yeah. just gonna relax for the rest of the night now and like just have a good time so that's see that's genius it that's a really good point absolutely genius a lot of shows we've gone to not that it's necessarily bad or super negative but you know they end on a big something like that or whatever yeah. and then it's like one o'clock in the morning and we're driving home <laughs> right. and it's like i want to play a show i want to yeah. play a show and yeah. it's like i it, it's it's gonna be three o'clock when I get home. Like I can't even go home and play a guitar. <laughs> and, but right. I'm all pumped up. I'm all pumped up. I'm, yeah. I'm hyped. I'm psyched. And it's like if it was an afternoon show or something like yeah, yeah hell yeah. But but I mean you don't really I'm get I, done outside it. of festivals. You don't get afternoon show. Like you're it's much nicer you're done. to just like just yeah flowed. two o'clock in the morning. You want to come home and you're go to like, sleep oh, and not be pumped up. I just I will never. Yeah, that's I'll never forget that. See, I missed that show, and that's a tragedy because that is that is a moment right there. It was one of the one of the best things to happen at a show that I've ever seen, ever. Quality anecdote, it's, Matt. That was really. And I, I wanted to kind of bring down. I wanted to mellow out the end yeah. of the of the section. Nice chill story. Nice, yeah. nice end. Of course, you're probably going to get like a death metal song. Next, right. I'm going to so. end up getting grindcore or some shit. But that's the beauty of hit shuffle. That's so. right. That was, once again, The World by Punchline off of their 2004 album, Action. And we'll be right back after this. Hey gang, Future Matt here again. Uh, So while going through and editing this episode, I found that the first part of this section's audio was corrupted for some reason so we don't have the role but we have the rest of the conversation so the song from today is american hearts by piebald i'll toss that song in now and then we'll go on from there So that was American Hearts from Piebald off of We Are the Only Friends We Have. Another very good throwback. It's one of those songs that I think everyone knows, but not everyone realizes they know. Yeah, you've heard it somewhere at some point. Yeah, I mean, if you were anywhere near MTV or the radio, alternative radio in like the, what was it, early 2000s? Yeah, like 2002, 2003, yeah. 2004. 
You probably heard this song. Kind of sad that this was really their only song that got that level of notoriety. Like, yeah, yeah, push exposure. Yeah, because a lot of their stuff, it's it's really good. I mean, they they've been around since '94, or they were around since '94. Uh, out of Massachusetts, they're originally a post-hardcore band. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I did not realize that they came out of the same uh, scene that Converge and Cave In came out of. Yeah, yeah two bands that you would normally uh, right not there. put Piebald in with. But you can kind of... I feel like it's definitely in the song, though, in that the, the opening guitar riff. Yeah, I mean, it it's still there. I yeah. think it, they kind of shifted... Uh, into various different things and more away from than just hardcore, but you can definitely tell that they all came from there. The one thing I did like was that they had a their very first gig. From what it said, was a, a battle of the bands that they recorded in '94, and the liner notes said, "From the soundboard, 1994, battle of the bands, Pieballs lost." <laughs> I feel like that really sets up like the I tone mean, of the band. Like how how much more hardcore band can you get than that? Like yeah, you played about all the bands and you lost, and that's how you started your band. Nah, you'd heard the song before, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say this, this song. It's gonna be stuck in my head now for it's, fucking a month. It's so catchy. That that like, intro is you get that that drum that bass snare hit, and it's just. You're into the catchiest fucking verse that you've ever, or chorus that you've ever heard in your entire life. Yeah, I mean, it goes right at it, and it seems to come up a lot that we talk about songs that get your attention right from the beginning, but it's hard to get your attention right from the beginning better than this song does. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's just a drum hit and somebody screaming, hey, is you can't get more attention grabbing than that. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a gang vocal. It's like a. The gang vocals tucked back a little bit, but yeah, it's there, but it's not. It just kind of adds presence yeah, to it more it, than a gang vocal. More like a backing, like it's a gang vocal, but it's kind of in the spot of a backing vocal. Yeah, I mean, and you're getting hit with it within three seconds of the song starting. I mean, you get the the drum hit, and you're just thrown into this gang vocal that is super. Ca- the melody is just super catchy. Like the the guitar riff along with the drum and bass part is i mean it, you just instantly start nodding your head yeah. and bouncing along to it and you just you can't help it it's it, one of those like perfectly crafted hooks yes it, uh, the guitar part reminds me a lot of like some of the the catchier poppier like stretch armstrong stuff yeah where you get this like this bounce to it and it just gets stuck in your head it, it's like you you got the best of the hardcore influence right but then you take that and put a catchier spin on it because i mean hardcore is great but it doesn't go over well on the radio <laughs> no you, you normally don't catch hardcore on mtv but it, like that that riff ability that ability to write a riff that just gets in your head and repeats over and over and over again that comes from hardcore yeah because it's not a standard rhythm you got a little bit of like a, a an offset upstroke to it but it's like uh, there's these like random like, kind of pauses, but not really pauses, and it's enough that you just keep bouncing. Yeah, you just want to bounce. It ha- kind of has this weird like breathing to it. Yeah, yeah, kind of a pulse. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. A pulse breathing. What the fuck is that? 
That beat was breathing. That man. beat was breathing, bro. Vegan mob. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> but I mean this song it's I mean it's not crazy technical it, it has some technical stuff to it yeah but I mean this kind of there's definitely you still see a lot of the post hardcore yes. kind of sound in it uh, especially in the verses but that's it's very simple because like you've got this big catchy hook and then you kind of transition into your I don't know, I guess standard hardcore, post-hardcore kind of verse thing where you've got the drum beat and then the guitars pretty much cut out and you've got a really aggressive throaty bass line and the guitars kind of do like some slow single-picked high notes, some little kind of distortion. Windows notification sounds. Yeah, that's a whole different... (laughs) There's like a second guitar that's doing these really high-picked things and just the way it's mixed, I, I kept thinking that the computer was making the angry noise in the over top of the song but it's actually a part of the song yes it's actually a part of the song and i say sir well have you heard that this country is unequal still history continues itself But like that that bass tone in the verse is uh, I love the hardcore post hardcore yes. oh man like a little bit dirty very throaty and aggressive bass tone Ugh. That, <laughs> <laughs> no oh, that oh, gets cut whoa. that that, no. No, that gets cut uh-uh. <laughs> wow all right love bass okay but yeah, um, <laughs> but I do love how in the verse it's kind of like that talking singing. Yeah, also, but it, there's still a melody to it. Also from their earlier sound. Yeah. Oh, or, definitely. Or, or earlier scene or whatever. But more of a, a melody to it than you would have gotten before, probably. Yeah, it's um, very. It doesn't sound similar, but it's a very similar technique to what we talked about with uh, Craig Finn. Yep. Where it's that kind of. It's not straight up talk singing. It's like semi melodic yeah. talk singing as it's opposed the whole, like, storytelling. to like monotone yeah. kind of melodic like, storytelling. Which I mean, th- the song is a very storytelling song in a kind of way. It is. I it's, mean, it's it's about how history repeats itself. It literally says history repeats itself, and society is shitty. It shits on people. But also that. Everyone's still a part of society, and uh, a lot of times people don't try to help change right. or make things better yeah. because they think that like they can't. Yep. But every like everybody can, which is the uh, you're part of it. Just, but hey, you're of part of it. Yeah, it's like you know everybody, whether you think you are or not, you contribute in some way to the overall society. Right. And if everybody doesn't do anything because they think it doesn't matter then of course nothing's going to happen itself, yeah which you know we as a race never learn and pretty much in any kind of area you look in history repeats history itself repeats we do itself. the same thing we just have better technology than the last time we did it we can just tell more people when it happens now yeah and i think the lyrics like at first it it's you know they're not super complex there's not a ton of 
words. It's not, you know, like yes. reading paragraphs, but it is conveying a very important message, I think, in a very thoughtful way. It's very simply conveying a very complex message. And when you combine it with the music and especially the super, super catchy hook being underneath the lyrical part of, hey, you're part of it, it's like, that's what your attention's on and that's the one section of the song you're going to think about over and over yeah. and over in your head. So very ingenious to put kind of the underlying message of the song in the hook when you've written one of the catchiest choruses anyone's <laughs> right. ever heard. So you've got people thinking about your message hundreds of times in their head over and over all the time. And then it kind of, as you listen to the song, the, hey, you're part of it kind of, it gets a meaning the more and more you for the further and further into the song that you get. So then when you start having it stuck in your head over and over again, you start to look more and more and more into the meaning. So it just kind of gets deeper and deeper and deeper for a song that on the surface is really, you know, telling a small story, small part of a story, I should say. Yeah. Cause I mean, essentially it's just like I was walking down the street and I saw this guy washing windows and we had a little conversation, but and it, not even so much as that, because it, the structure is not that straightforward. Like, no. it kind of starts off in the first verse with, like, a little bit of he's walking down the street, and then the hook is supposedly what this guy says to him. Yeah. And then he kind of says something back, and then it, it just kind of trails off, I think, in the, I guess you would say him thinking. Yeah, I mean, probably. That's... There, there, There's not all that much of a conversation but i think kind of the the part towards the end before the last uh all the repeating of the hook where it's uh from all i've seen or from all i've heard from all i've seen this place has broken my american heart like yeah. that's i feel like that's kind of very relatable especially right now kind of just with the whole very much right now yeah like there's a lot of stuff going on that's bad for everybody kind of no matter what side of all the politics you're on like life is not good for a lot of people yeah um yeah it's not it's not fair and everyone's waiting for somebody else to do something about it and especially like the american heart part i think there's that kind of unspoken like american thing with like the american dream or whatever where you kind of just inherently think you're supposed to have a good life because you're in america because that's what everyone's always said yeah. for some reason so it's like even worse because that's not happening even though really that's completely unrealistic and the majority of people in this country are not going to have that dream yeah and, it, and, it, and it's continuously not happening over and over and over again for the same reasons yeah but i think it's a very nice counter balance and like opposite point to the message of the song where it's like y your american heart's broken because of all of this shitty the stuff you're seeing yeah. around you and it's like that's the point where you need to be thinking like what well, way you know i'm a part of this country like i i can do something yeah. even if it doesn't feel like i'm doing anything like if I do it, maybe somebody else will do it, and, you know. I mean, it's it's the call and response of that chorus, you know. Hey, you're part of it, and then it's, yeah, yeah you're, you're part, part of it. it. Yeah, like, like, like reaffirming, like, it's, it's yes, almost. Yes, I am a part of yeah, it. Yeah, like the realization of, oh, like, yeah, you're right. Like, this, 
this guy washing windows telling telling him that he's a part of it and then he's like I, yeah shit. like yeah, oh wow yeah. i i wasn't thinking about that and i should have been thinking about that so it with relatively uh simply written lyrics and not a whole lot of them there's a whole lot of message and a whole lot of meaning to it oh absolutely Speaking of those catchy ass lyrics, do you remember who sampled the song? Not off the top of my head, no. MC Lars. <laughs> he sampled this song on the I Generation track. Oh, I He samples that the the hey you're part of it. Completely forgotten about MC Lars in general, actually. How could it's you forget a, about MC Lars? It's been a long time, man. That's fair. He hasn't really come up in recent years. Like, when was the last time you read an article about MC Lars? Well, it's not really that well fair in my case, uh, because Beth listens to MC Lars all the time, or at least the Ed Allan Poe song. Well, I mean, outside of that, like, how often oh, are no, you never. exposed <laughs> to the band outside of? No, I'm never. No, someone no. in your house putting them on. I did see him live, though. It was a good show. Well, I mean. I would expect it to be with their pedigree and experience. But speaking of shows, I'd never seen Pie Ball live. I don't know how. I don't know why, but I've never seen them live. Well, I mean, it would be kind of difficult because they did break up all the way back in 2007. But that whole like 2003 to 2007 yeah, that was Area kind of was the, like, like my they were prime, peaking right yeah. there when when you were going to shows, and I then guess, came back in 2016 when I was able to go to more shows again. I guess just never lined up, never worked out yeah. somehow. Unfortunately, surprising amount of like, I don't know. It says reunion, but I wouldn't really say playing festivals here and there is a like reunion so much yeah i mean it's 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 what you see as a reunion now is they'll show up play the summer festivals of the year and then go away again but for a band that broke up in 2007 they've still played a fair amount of appearances here and there since then yeah i mean it it still technically says that they're back together again as of 2016 but there hasn't been anything released they at least haven't openly broken up since 2016. Well, well, see, that's not entirely true because oh, they put out a three-song Christmas EP in 2019. Yep, Piebald presents to you a musical Christmas adventure. I forgot which about is that. Actually, three original Christmas songs. I'm pretty sure. I love when pop punk metal bands all make Christmas songs. It's so fucking good. Yeah, and there's actually a surprising amount out there if you dig around. August Burns Red, one of my legitimately my favorite Christmas album. <laughs> yep. I know it's I know it's the Christmas season because I will get a text message and there will be a Facebook <laughs> post of Matt posting the August Burns Red Christmas song and then it's Christmas. That's right. Well, it's always I I wait till after Halloween because Halloween's more important. I personally uh rock the Wonder Years Christmas song myself. That's my it's, that's my go to. It's the it's the two sides of the coin for me. It's, yeah. it's the Wonder well, Years. Well you need is, a brutal Christmas too. Is, is the yeah. lighter well the most the brutal one is when I put on Sophia's Rudolph Red Nose Reindeer. Oh. <laughs> that's the actual like I'm waking up Christmas morning and putting on Sophia's Rudolph Red Nose Reindeer. If you haven't heard that song, it's the only place I can find it is YouTube. But uh, it's so fucking good. Do it. 
watch it. Listen, it's worth it. So good. But this is not a Christmas episode. No, right? no, it wouldn't. No, we're pretty far away from Christmas still. But I mean, I wouldn't. I never would have expected that Piebald put out an EP since not recent. Know, yeah, that, fairly the, recently, but. Also, it's three original Christmas songs. Like what? Yeah, that the EP they ended up putting out after all this is a three-song original, three-song Christmas EP. But then again, I guess when technically you've been broken up for like fifteen years, you can kind of do whatever how you want. Doesn't matter. Piebald Piebald fans are are. I can't think of the word. Devoted. There you go. They've always had that like really strong underground following. Yeah, which is. I feel like that's also kind of from the scene they came out of, because, like, you know, your hardcore kids, like, you got a band you love, and you will die for that band forever. They are your band, yeah. I mean, it's got to feel good to be those guys, and, like, you can be broken up and then play a show every year or every couple years, and you've still got all these people that, like, buy all your tickets up and come out and sing along to all the songs. It's, like... Even though the band's not really around anymore, like these people are still devoted enough that they will go buy tickets and see them whenever they do show up. Yeah, you're still able to do it as almost as a hobby at that point, where you still get to do it, but you're not. It's not taking over your life like, yeah, well, like it would have normally. I feel like that's a nice point for uh, being in a band as like older, you know, middle aged yeah. people yeah. because especially that kind of music it's built on touring 300 350 days a year and like yeah you can't that, do that that's hard to do once yeah. you get like you know um, these guys got to be well past 40 by now and they are not going to be one to tour that much Mm-mm. but you can still go out you know a couple big festivals and yeah have a good old time play all your songs have a ton of people probably have some circle pits you know yeah probably, i mean i'm sure I'm sure people are still getting down for at least a song and then standing off to the side because their knees hurt. Well, yeah, you got you got to think the the audience <laughs> is is also getting to be around that age too. Pro- I pulled a I pulled a hamstring recording a podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't. I don't know if I could do a pit anymore. I don't know, man. That I I had trouble doing it back then. Also true. Yet another MySpace link that wouldn't work. Also added to the list. Fuck you, Justin Timberlake. Fucked up everything. We had a very nice time capsule. I liked you, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> a a beautifully preserved time capsule of the worst part of all of our adolescence. Yes. So many high-angled pictures gone. And Justin Timberlake wiped it all out doing something that anyone in the world would have told him had no chance of succeeding. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna bring MySpace back as a music platform. No, you're not, man. I mean, that's fine. Just don't touch the data. Because it's 30 years old already, and it's on some server in some warehouse somewhere in the middle of the country. Like, seriously, just take that, back it up to a new set of servers, and... That's what happened. They tried to back it up, and it fucked up. Uh, like, do it right. That's true. You know, protect it, or... Like, Hire the right people to do it. If you're going to change all that, at least, you know... Well, I guess they were trying to preserve it, but... Kind of do like Facebook did. If they were going to do that, they should have bundled it up and made it so you could download yeah. all of your data but or be like we're getting rid of all your shit here's your chance to download it yeah something other than like oh surprise we were going to change myspace but then we deleted almost everything. i had some banging tracks on there man 
There was the, I know there there's some good pictures too that I didn't have anywhere else yep. that are gone forever and like we had that weird side band that was on there with our great acoustic song. <laughs> Well, all right. That might have been a little bit of a short one, but that was American Hearts by Piebald off their album, We Are the Only Friends We Have. Well, you know, sometimes short and simple is good. Just listen to that hook. Hey, you're part of it. And again, my song was The World by Punchline off their 2004 album, Action. And my song was American Hearts from Piebald off of We Are the Only Friends We Have. And you can find those songs and all the songs we talked about earlier, as well as all the songs we've talked about on prior podcasts on our Hit Shuffle podcast playlist on Spotify. That's what I was trying to say. And where can they find us? You can find us on pretty much all of your social media, on Twitter and Instagram at hit underscore shuffle. And on Facebook, the Hit Shuffle Podcast, as well as our website, hitshufflepodcast.com. All right, and you know what time it is. It is time to roll the die for our listeners and see what their shuffle is. Let's go. Five. Low nice. rolls all around I'm this crushing week. these low rolls today. Shuffle five times in. Listen to the track. Tell us what you got. Hit us up on the social medias. Get enough replies, we'll start uh, doing a section featuring some of your songs, possibly. Possibly. If we like you enough. I mean, we love you all, but... I was going to say, we like all our listeners. I love all of our listeners. I like most of them. Hmm. Know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Well, for the Hit Shuffle Podcast, I have been your host, Matt. And I have been your host, Dave. Keep on shuffling. Just go outside. Touch a tree. That's hot outside, man. Also, I think it might be storming. If it's not storming... Well, it's probably not both of those things at the same time. If it's not storming, it's hot. If it's nice where you are, go outside, touch a tree. I went upstairs real big. It was pretty dark by I don't know my fucking window now. <laughs> That's when it would rain. <laughs> Throw up.